Well, welcome back, everyone, to another exciting edition of Right Down the Street. Uh, I'm Brian Barnett, the mayor of the city of Rochester Hills and the host of this podcast. We're excited to have you join us again. Uh, this podcast, uh, Right Down the Street, uh, really exists to celebrate the stories and uh, uh, the, the, the impact uh, that our neighbors are making, those that live in the, the greater Rochester community, and, and, and really how our region is faring and, 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 and celebrating the stories and people that live here. And we are extremely excited to have one of the more famous residents uh, of our community, uh, really at a special time in, in his life, uh, joining us today, uh, a legend in broadcasting. And so I'm a little bit nervous as uh, uh, on the front end of my uh, broadcasting foray, uh, him maybe more on the latter half of his uh, of his uh, broadcasting foray. But my privilege to welcome to the uh, uh, the program today, broadcasting le- legend and Rochester area resident, Frank Beckman. Frank, thank you so much for joining us, my friend. Mayor, my pleasure. And I, I really appreciate uh, all that you've done in serving our community and especially getting those potholes fixed on Tinkin a couple of years ago when I brought them up to you. <laughs> Well, I had a side bet on how long it would take you to bring up Tinkin Road, and the <laughs> over-under was two minutes. And so uh, there you go. Uh, Should have went with the under for those of you at home. Uh, I'll tell you later, Frank, that if this goes really well, we are considering naming Tinkin Road in your honor. So, uh, oh my goodness, you'll uh, you'll be forever associated with the condition of that road, for better or for worse. <laughs> how do you think that's going to go over calling a pothole road? <laughs> 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 yeah, well, uh, we'll <laughs> I guess we'll have to see. But listen, thank thank you so much for being here. Thank you for uh, always representing our our community so well. You've had uh, me on your program uh, over the years uh, on a, a variety of topics, and uh, always uh, uh, always looking to bring a local voice to uh, really the the, the nation stories and 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 the state stories. And so I've uh, appreciated that. Um, you know, you've had obviously an incredible incredible career uh, in Detroit. And, and you're still going. You still have got a lot I know that you want to do. Um, if you were introducing yourself to someone who had never met you, how would you describe that career? Here's a man who got to actually live out his boyhood dreams. That really sums it up right there. Because when I was a little kid growing up in Detroit, I wanted to be number one, a sports announcer. You know, I used to play these tabletop sports games and and I'd be announcing them while I played them. And my parents thought I was crazy. And then one day they said, well, we better do something here. Why don't we get him a tape recorder and have him tape it and listen to it if he likes it this much. And they did. And that's how it all started. Just like that, playing tabletop sports games and my parents buying me a tape recorder and letting me record. And that's how my career began. And then when they moved out to, to Warren, we had our radio station at the high school, Cusno High School. And uh, I had great leadership from the teachers there that allowed me to uh, pursue my dreams even more. And that's really where it all began. Mm. What is something, uh, I mean, obviously that's a really, that's a, a really interesting story of uh, kind of from the, from the ground up. I, similarly, I, you know, people sometimes ask how I get into pox, didn't have anybody in my family in any remote field like this before. It just was a passion that I followed. So it's nice to hear uh, someone else following an absolute passion, working hard, what would what would somebody be surprised to learn about you, Frank, that they, they think they know Frank Beckman because they hear him every day. But what is maybe something that uh, uh, people might not know about you unless they really, really know you? Uh, I would say, number one, that his handicap has gone on, uh, gone up considerably <laughs> in, in later years. Something they don't know about me. Um uh, 
Well, I, I think when you're on the radio like this every day, Mr. Mayor, it, it really reveals who you are. And so people see that you have a temper at times and, you know, you're passionate about certain things. And uh, so I don't, you, you can't hide when you're on the radio like that three hours a day like I've been. And uh, so I, I've, I've sort of embraced that and said, OK, that's fine. This is who I am. And uh, people have accepted it. Yeah. So for those of you that, that may not know the uh, the depth of your career, 48 year career, a WJR television column in the Detroit News. Uh, you've done U of M play by play talk show host. Uh, you you've done just about everything you can you can imagine in Metro Detroit. You got to be a guy full of some great stories at the 19th hole. Uh, you know, is there is there is there one or two that stick out? Uh, uh, maybe a, a U of M game that is memorable, or a favorite host that you, or a favorite guest that you've interviewed. Uh, uh, love to crack that story vault of yours. Well, uh, I tell you what, the most uh, memorable broadcast I had was the Rose Bowl game in 1997, Michigan against Washington State, when Lloyd Carr's team uh, won the national championship. They beat Ryan Leaf, a rather well-known quarterback at the time. They had Charles Woodson back there, and he made an end zone interception. Michigan made a late stand the game to protect its lead and uh, that stands out more than anything else and i'll never forget the closing line I, I sort of prepped it but i wasn't quite sure i was going to use it and then when it happened at the end of the game i couldn't help myself and the closing line was this michigan has realized its destiny and won the national championship in the rose bowl and that was it that's what i i prepared for and i said I'm going to use it. I, I want with it. So, yeah. but I was, I was so lucky. I had so many great friends at the university of Michigan and uh, throughout my sportscasting career too, whether you're talking about uh, people back to Wayne fonts with the lions or, you know, you name it. And uh, it's been my pleasure, but I remember playing golf in the old days with my good buddy, Bob Lanier for the Pistons. You remember Bob Lanier? Oh, yeah. yeah. Six foot 11 and Bob and I, and the Lake Pistons scout, Will Robinson used to go play all the time, the three of us. And we had so much fun. And, uh, you know, a little bit of money changed hands, but we, the, the bottom line was these are people that I actually got to meet. They were meet. They were legends in our town. And I just still pinch myself over all of the folks that, uh, that I've gotten to meet along the way. And although it may not be popular these days to say I was with President Trump in the White House, I was. And I have a picture with him, uh, you know, in the Oval Office. And I'm just blown away that I had that opportunity, you know. Uh, he's, yeah. He was president of the United States, bottom line, no matter what you may think of it. And so, you know, it's moments like that that will always stand out for me, the, the little memories that you have moving along. And they may not have been significant moments in terms of life-changing moments, uh, income or anything like that, but they were very, very special and, uh, and I will never forget them. So before uh, meeting presidents and golfing with uh, uh, NBA Hall of Famers, you had your first broadcast. Do you remember it? Do you remember, you know, an early broadcast or a, uh, how you approached that first one where, I mean, with, you know, with 48 years of experience behind you, do you remember that first time? I, I don't remember the very first one. No, I, I wish I could. I really do. And now that you bring it up, I go, you know, Frank, you ought to be able to remember that, but I don't. Instead, I remember from that for that first year or so, uh, getting ready to do the three o'clock news uh, in the afternoon. And our news director who had hired me, Dave White, walked in and said, uh, what's your lead story? And I said, I told him, I can't remember what it was now, but I told him, he said, that's not your lead story. I said, well, what is? And he said, Jimmy Hoffa has disappeared. And he had just gotten a tip from a state police friend of his that told him that. And, and so the news began that day. And it's not anything I really did, but I was the one who was on the air first saying Jimmy Hoffa suddenly disappeared. And then I covered that story with another investigative reporter named Rod Hansen. The two of us won numerous awards uh, covering all of the details of that. And uh, 
you know, we kind of kid sometimes, we did everything except find him, you know, <laughs> it was uh, a sad, very, very sad story, but one that, uh, that helped shape my career, quite frankly. Sure. And one that continues to live on, frankly, it, it never seems we're more than 12 months away from another tip and another exploration into another field or uh, another, you know, chasing down another story. That exactly. story has, has had decades of legs, hasn't it? Uh, yeah, I, I just, I just ran into a new one not too long ago. And I thought I knew everything there was to know about this, but it turns out that uh, the night before Jimmy Hoffa disappeared, uh, his friend, later rival in the Teamsters, Frank Fitzsimmons and his son were, were leaving Nemo's in downtown Detroit. Mm-hmm. And we're walking out of the bar and we're going around the corner to the parking lot to their car and the car exploded. Somebody bombed their car. And wow. that now was, is the latest incarnation of why was Jimmy Hoffa taken out? And uh, so that's now one of the one of the main beliefs of people. Yeah. But it's in the odd how things like that never go away. They'll stick with you forever. You know, I remember we were on the air. Uh, I was on the air doing a newscast when the the Nancy Kerrigan uh, mm-hmm. Tanya Harding story uh, happened down at Cobo, and uh, uh, Nancy Kerrigan got clubbed in the leg while she was going out on the ice, and and that story broke. And you know, being in the midst of that at the time, you go, "Wow, this is big." But it's not till later that you look back on it and you say, "Holy cow." You didn't even realize how big that really was. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. I mean, obviously, you've covered some of certainly the the nations, but even more, you know, those two stories had a real local, regional uh, touch to them. You think about and you've mentioned about the stories in all your years on WJR. I mean, do you have a favorite guest? Do you have someone that you enjoy, uh, you know, that you've had some great conversations, maybe some great battles with? Is anybody that comes to mind? Every book, this person, you know, it's going to be a great show. I thought it was only the talk show hosts who set up the politicians when they, when they ask questions. <laughs> I'll tell you what, it's it's really hard for me to choose just one because I've I've enjoyed talking with, I, I can honestly say this, uh, just about everybody I've ever had on the show. We've had good relations and uh, have, I've been able for some reason to discuss things and disagree with people without being disagreeable, as you mentioned earlier. And uh, so I, I don't have one or two that just stands out like that. Bibi uh, Newworth, the uh, the actress, once got mad at me because uh, I, we were talking about her performing in Chicago on stage at the Fisher Theater, and I I made the mistake of bringing up the movie Chicago, and she got so mad she just <laughs> laid into me, and it was it was so memorable. But no, the the sports career is where I get most of the memories. There was the famous moment, uh, the famous moment in one game where. Uh, Michigan had a, a tackle by two of its defensive players, Jim Branson, that are sitting next to me. And I broke him up when I said the tackle was by Rodgers and Hammerstein. And, and that's, that was the player's names, you know. So I said, what, would, what else would you expect from Rodgers and Hammerstein? <laughs> and so that, that stood out. But, you know, Michigan winning the national championship in that Rose Bowl, all the great thrills I had, meeting Bo Schembechler, uh, meeting Bob Eufer, and uh, having him sort of walk me through what to expect when uh, I was just starting out to fill in for him when he was very, very sick. Hmm. You know, all of these things, they, they come flooding back now that you brought up the memories. And I'm going to try not to cry. <laughs> well, it's, uh, I mean, I, honestly, that uh, hopefully the, the, the book is coming and, uh, the, you know, the, the stories uh, that you've uh, been able to be a part of cover and, and you know, actually see from a, a unique perspective are, are certainly, I mean, like I said, I could, I mean, there's, there's so many more things I want to know. I, I know that when you get to be in the position you are to really be a leader in your field, um, you have to be influenced by people. There are people that you look up to, people that have influenced you, people that have mentored you, uh, leaders that you aspire to in some way mimic or uh, emulate. Uh, 
who who do you look to as as a, as a leader that has been influential in your life, uh, if not your life, uh, you know, someone that you feel uh, that is that is leading in this region that you've you've appreciated. And not speaking politically or athletically, but just from your perspective, you know, who, who inspires you and who's mentored you, and what do you think about leadership? How's it played a role? Well, the uh, the the people who really influenced me were were broadcasters, quite frankly, and uh, you know, winding up at the same station where the legendary J.P. McCarthy worked, and getting to know him, and uh, you know, serving as a as a volunteer at his golf tournament and things like that, you know, I learned I learned several important lessons I, th- I think from JP and I hope I emulate those. Number one is you always try to comport yourself with a certain amount of dignity and class and uh, you don't embarrass the people who are with you on the air. You may disagree with them but disagree agreeably and I think I learned that from from JP who was an absolute master at it. Uh, he could he could get to the bottom of a story without ticking somebody off and uh, I've tried to do that. I know I haven't always been successful but uh, JP was was the number one influence on me from an interview standpoint uh, if for no other reason than his incredible uh, knowledge and and his his background work that he did on on each one of his subjects and guests, and it was a it was a real inspiration to get to see that firsthand. And uh, I I don't think where I'd be I'd be where I am today had it not been for working at the same location as J.P. McCarthy. Now the flip side of that, Frank, is that people probably. Uh look at you, <laughs> those of you, you know, th- those that are growing up in your era and didn't know J.P. McCarthy, you know, you're, you're there, J.P. McCarthy, you're the vision of, of, of leadership and broadcasting. And, Appreciate that. and I imagine that when you get a chance to, to, to run across an intern or a fan at a restaurant or someone that recognizes your voice, um, they probably ask you, you know, what advice do you have for me? What, what do you say? Well, the the number one piece of advice I have is follow your dream. Don't ever don't ever let it get away. If you've got a dream of something you want to do in life, you chase it. You do everything you can. You do the preparation for it, and you get ready to to follow through on it. Because in the end, I truly believe this as a free market guy that we're in control of our own destiny. There's nobody telling us we can or can't succeed. We do it on our own by our by our work, by our preparation, by our effort. And and I truly believe that with all my heart. And I. I Without trying to sound braggadocious, I really believe that's that was the key for me. I wanted to do it. I was intent on doing it, and I just would never give up. But speaking with the legendary broadcaster in the Metro Detroit region, Frank Beckman, this is Right Down the Street, uh, podcast with Mayor Brian Barnett. What's it like, Frank, to get the call uh, that says, congratulations, you're in the College Football Hall of Fame? Yeah, uh, just uh, for the record, it's it's sort of the Hall of Fame uh, because they don't put broadcasters in uh, technically. But I got the Chris Schenkel Award, which honors broadcasters uh, from the National Football Foundation, and uh, I believe it is noted at the Hall of Fame. I have not uh, not gone and searched through it to look for myself yet, but but I will. They're down in Atlanta, and uh, it it was. But that whole that whole session, it was the award was given to me uh, in New York at the Waldorf Astoria Hotel, and I mean who thought this kid who grew up in on the east side of Detroit and Warren and calls Rochester Hills home is going to be at the Waldorf Astoria getting this award from the National Football Foundation yeah. and it's just another one of those pinch yourself moments you know Mr. Mayor that you just you go I never expected anything like this yeah well you mentioned that you, you grew up in Detroit you, you, of course you've called Rochester Hills home for for decades you could live anywhere in Metro Detroit tell, tell me why you, you you picked this area and, and what do you love about it 
Well, the number th one thing that I've really uh, come to love, and, and I knew it all along, we had friends that were out here and uh, they told us how wonderful it was. And then uh, we followed them and, and moved out here. And uh, all I can tell you is I love the people. Uh, we've had nothing but great neighbors everywhere we have lived. And uh, it has just been an absolute joy. Uh, the The whole community is, is clean, it's vibrant, and uh, you've got tons of hardworking people here. And I admire everybody so very much. And we've got a mayor who, when you tell I'm taking roads all torn up when you're going to fix it. He fixes it. So <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad your, your, your memory is the, is of that. I recall it being a few more months between, between the time you told me and the time we got it fixed, but we'll, we'll, uh, we'll edit the uh, time out and just say, thank you. Appreciate that. <laughs> uh, no, that's quite all right. I was, I was impressed that it was, it was done. And, uh, you know, I, I wasn't doing it to, to, to blow my own horn. Believe me, it was, it was just, uh, Hey, this is a problem. And, you know, to your credit, you recognized it too. And you said, we got to get this fixed yeah. and you did and have done that with uh, with that project and many others in our community so thank you well no problem it reminds me frank of a story of a friend of both of ours uh brooks patterson who used mm -hmm. to say you know i get calls about uh uh the snow plowing or the condition of the roads and they complain and i'd say well it's not a city road it's a county road and someone else would call and complain and they say you know tinkin road's not a city road it's a county road someone would call and complain hey tinkin road looks great you say thank you <laughs> well done well played mr mayor well played <laughs> um, um let me ask you a, a question here frank one of the things that you've uh, also been noted for uh is being a philanthropist uh you've been a co community builder in the detroit area obviously probably has to do i'm guessing with with your your roots there uh and also done a lot of things uh nationally raising a lot of money for a lot of different organizations um wh what guides your philosophy when it comes to philanthropy I have always felt, and it's going to sound very simplistic, that that you owe it to to the community where you live to give something back. That uh, that that's part of being a, a citizen too. And while uh, I I feel like I've earned everything I've I've gotten in my career, I also realize how lucky I've been, and uh, and the role that's placed me in, and the the visibility it's given me to help other people. And I I really believe in doing that. It's it's simply uh, it's it's part of my fabric that my parents. Uh, uh, raised in me. And I just have always opened up my heart whenever I could. I've said yes to charities. I, I can't remember any time when I've just unilaterally said no, because uh, I, I feel the need to help people. And, you know, some of these, uh, these individual charities at times, Mr. Mayor, you know what this is like, they, they, they ring a bell at home. Uh, for instance, uh, you know, we've worked a lot with autistic children with the Ted Lindsay Foundation and, and other charities that deal with autism. Uh, and wouldn't you know it, my daughter, after she graduated from the University of Michigan, went to graduate school in Massachusetts to become a, a uh, BCBA, and she eventually got her master's at Wayne State. And now she is a, a person who works with autistic kids. That's what she's been doing for a number of years now. And it's just so uplifting and gratifying to see that happen and, and think, you know, you might have had an impact on her <laughs> and a darn good one because she's awesome. And uh, so those are, the, those are the kinds of things. I just have always felt this, uh, this, uh, this sense inside that I'm very lucky to be where I am. And without all the people out there, and I'm talking about everybody out there in listener land, uh, I, I'm nothing. And uh, if they're going to, if the people, the listeners are going to give me that kind of, uh, of, of nod of approval, then I owe it to them to do something back besides just to sit on the radio and take their phone calls. Sure. And speaking of that, uh, Frank, that's changing uh, as you kind of transition th this year uh, 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 into, uh, into, I guess, some, some form of retirement, right? Uh, yeah, exactly. What do, you, 
what are you uh, what are you going to be doing? Uh, I assume golf will be relatively high on the list, but uh, what are your plans as you uh, as you as you kind of move on from from this past adventure to the next? Yeah, my my advice for right now, anybody who's uh, at Indian Wood playing ahead of me, four on the right. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so I'll tell them that. No, but I, I I look forward to that, and I don't know. I'm going to be doing some things at the station. We haven't finalized an exact plan yet, but I. I just can't see myself totally giving up the business. And uh, you mentioned earlier, you know, what are your thoughts about this? And you do get second thoughts. You, you really do about whether did I do the right thing? And do I really want to give all this up something that you've loved so much for so many years? And uh, you do have, uh, have second thoughts about it, but uh, you know, I, I'm going to help any way I can at the radio station. I feel like I owe them a lot too, because they're the ones who gave me this opportunity and uh, gave me so many different opportunities during the course of my career. So uh, whatever they need, I'm, uh, I think I can safely say I'm going to try to do everything in my power to make sure that I can help. Sure. And I have to tell uh, our, uh, our listeners that I have seen Frank at Indianwood and you are a much better golfer than you give yourself credit for. Uh, I, uh, I, I, when I'm out there, uh, I bring about three or four extra sleeves of balls because that doggone Heather just, uh, it's like a magnet. <laughs> I yeah. But no better place. I understand. And I've still got Frank some out there. Mine, mine, say, mine say Frankie B on the side, and they're usually title of 76, Mr. Mayor. So for 760, you know, title of 76, what I order. I've probably played a few of them, uh, pretending that they're mine, kicking There's, them over, pretending that they're mine. Believe me, there are enough out there. <laughs> Well, that's good, and and uh, and listen, uh, you know, uh, not only will the uh, the radio station miss you, but I know just uh, as a listener, as a friend, uh, uh, on behalf of the, the 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 greater Metro Detroit region, thank you. I don't know if you hear it enough, but uh, it, it, there's something comforting and um, just just soothing about a familiar voice, uh, a voice that you trust, uh, uh, someone sharing news, sometimes good, sometimes bad. You've covered. Good stories in the city. You've covered stories I wish you wouldn't cover in the city, but you've always been fair. You've always brought information to people. And as you said, sort of a free market guy, you, you let them make their decisions um, based on the information. And uh, exactly. uh, you've, you've led with that. And uh, as a person of integrity, I think uh, you've really uh, left a tremendous legacy that people will be talking about for a long, long time, Frank. Well, you're very, very kind. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. And uh, believe me, it has been my honor and my pleasure to do it all these years. Uh, you know, I, I look back and I say, you know, what would life have been like without it? And I can't even imagine uh, what life would have been without my long career at WJR. And, uh, you know, whether we're talking about that young newsman who was hired or the guy who moved into sports and did the Lions or did Michigan or worked on a couple of Red Wings games as a fill-in and, uh, you know, all of the, and then a talk show host, of course, uh, following in some ways the footsteps of the, the great J.P. McCarthy, it, uh, you know, I sit back and think too much about this. So you're going to see tears come down my eyes. <laughs> well, let me let me ask ask one final question. I'll give you a minute to think about it. You've got uh, it, uh, uh, it's sort of a, a, a make-believe question, but I'd like a real answer. You have one day you're playing golf at any course you want to play. You're eating dinner at any restaurant you want to be at. And you're doing it with one person, dead or alive. Where are you golfing? Where are you eating? And who are you with? Chances are that's going to be really simplistic. Uh, I'm on the old course at Indianwood playing golf with my son and having dinner there afterwards. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's that's <laughs> a perfect day right there. That's a trifecta from God. 
I, I feel uh, the Aldridge family smiling right now uh, with that answer. So. Yeah, but Mr. Mayor, thanks for all you're doing and your dedication to the community. And uh, I, I really admire you too, because you, you've you not become one of those people who thinks that, oh, I'm the mayor now, I'm in charge of everything and I'll tell everybody how to live and uh, we'll we'll do it my way. I, I really appreciate that about you, that you you seek input from other people in government. Uh, you, you look out for what's best for the community and you'll listen to people when they have complaints, no matter how small or how large. And I just want you to know that I'm not the only one out here. Everybody in Rochester Hills appreciates what you've done. So thank you. Well, listen, thank you. That was uh, uh, the best wrap up I could have ever imagined. Uh, Frank Beckman, thank you so much for- uh, And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the mayor of Rochester Hills, Brian Barnett, who's retiring tomorrow. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. <laughs> Look at that. Our ratings just went way up. They, they, heard, they, they heard a voice they trust finally at the end of this whole thing. Uh, Frank, thank you so much for for, for being uh, with me today. I really appreciate it. Thank you for being an amazing resident, putting uh, our community on the map and doing it with, uh, with, uh, with, with integrity and with pride. We are grateful for you. We look forward to continuing our friendship and relationship and following up with you. Thank you for being uh, with us uh, right down the street. We'll you betcha. You it's been an absolute pleasure and, uh, and an honor to be asked to be on with you, Mr. Mayor. And so we'll see you out at uh, Indianwood and uh, we'll we'll maybe uh, play around together and you can help look for those title of 76. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds great. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, Frank. Until next time. So long and God bless. <laughs>